With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's Rich Wilson. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Live. Today is um, Groundhog Day, February 2nd, about 9 o'clock in the morning. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Mr. Tim McLeod. Tim, happy Groundhog Day. Why, thanks, Rich. Uh, up here, he is not only not going to be poking his nose, he's going to be hibernating, hibernating for oh, probably another eight weeks or so, I would guess. So did they? did he see his shadow today or what? Ah, did he see his shadow? Not up here, he didn't. Groundhog <laughs> I, Day. I have, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Let's see, Groundhog Day results. Did Punxsutawney Phil see his shadow? USA Today says, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know Why can't they have a, have a yes or no uh, answer here? I'm, I don't want to read the yeah. article. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I sort of... Uh, I sort of ignore Phil, you know, I, yeah. I'm sorry, but we've got another eight weeks of winter up here, okay? Yeah. It doesn't matter what the little rodent says, that's just the way it is, right? I think I think weather's going to be rough this weekend, I think it's going to get really cold, so, uh, yeah, I don't know if you saw it or not, Timmy, but uh, I'm in warm North Carolina at the moment, it's uh, definitely warming up here, right. so, uh, how's your week been? Yeah. Ah, uh, week has been good. Uh, yeah, and I agree with you on the weather. You're just about due to get some of what uh, we've got. Uh, the low tonight is minus 38. It was minus 35, a couple minus 40s in there earlier in the week. Temperatures are supposed to jump up Saturday and finally start warming up here. But some of that cold front that we've been getting, it should slide its way east, I would That's think. my understanding, Timmy. So mm. I think it's going to get cold here on Saturday, but just for a day, uh, and then it'll warm back yeah. up so uh, right. uh anyway how, week's how's your been good. week's been good week's good been good have you done any fantasy baseballing at all uh yeah right now i've got uh what have i got here uh i'm just wrapping up my one draft that we discussed last weekend i've got one pick left and hmm. i'm involved in a mock draft for baseball america oh good yeah, Baseball America is expanding its horizons into the fantasy field, which I find fascinating. And even more fascinating is a good friend of ours has been hired by Baseball America, Dylan White. 
I, I got an email from Baseball America telling me, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a promotional that they've hired mm-hmm. Dylan White. That's great. Good it's, for him. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, he, I can't remember who he was working for prior to, but it was one of the dynasty sites. And he was doing some, some stuff and obviously they liked what they saw in Dylan and good for Dylan. So, uh, uh, Somehow, Baseball America reached out to me and asked if I wanted to do a mock, and I'm sure I'll do a mock for your magazine. It's I don't have a magazine mock to do this year because the guide was canceled. So yeah, it's uh, it's sort of neat. When does that start? It has already started. Oh wow! Where, where are you where are you picking? Uh, I'm picking eighth. Oh, right in the middle. Is it twelve or fifteen? It's just twelve. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, snore. That doesn't excite me. So, but uh, have you? Are you in the middle of it, or? Yeah, we've gotten going, and I guess they don't want the results in full oh. because obviously it's for their magazine and their their new fantasy uh, program. But I will give you my first two picks. Okay, Bobby Witt, Bobby Witt Jr. Okay, and uh, Corbin Carroll. Your number two pick was Corbin Carroll. Yes. Are you serious? I'm positive. Wow. Is this a under-25 league? What, what, what do you... No. Really? Yes. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I, without going into a whole lot of strategy, in a 12-team, there's lots of players. Uh-huh. Yes. So, so you can grab players early and backfill them through your reserves. Interesting. But... I'm assuming all of the all of the typical guys are still on the board. Uh, yeah, I I passed I passed up on some good players. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. But but at the same point in time, I'm not I'm not overly concerned about it. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, you're the you great know, Tim McLeod. I mean, it's it's for, I mean, for, format 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 dicta- dictates a lot of things, and in this case. It so, so do you think somebody things. would have taken him before he got back to you? Gunnar Henderson went before it came back to me. Okay. Uh, I kinda... So I think that I think that sort of answers that question. And yeah, I, some elite prospects have gone off the board. A lot of very young players, a lot of very old players are still sitting there. And this is a is this a typical fantasy league, or is there certain rules? No, it's basically standard five by five. Okay, all right. Yeah, nothing, nothing fancy. Only one catcher. Okay, interesting. But other than that, it's, it's so Gunnar Henderson and Corbin Carroll go in the second and third round. That's wild, Tim. That's yeah, but again, uh, you know, it, in a twelve-team league, your player pool is such mm-hmm. that you can make moves like that. Okay. And that's the approach I'm taking is I will be able to fill out my team more than adequately and stash some top rookies at the same point in time. Now, Witt's not a stash. Carol of course not. Be. Yeah, yeah. Carroll might be. Yeah, but, but the, ups- the upside is high enough there. I, I want him before I want. Meh. Bo- Give me the. Bo Bichette. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, so Bo Bichette was there. So you're not going to get Bo Bichette probably coming back as your third pick. So if you want a high-end no. shortstop, you you do it. But there should have been a good chance that Corbin Carroll comes back to you. But then again, Gunnar Henderson did not. That's because you probably set the tone. People probably freaked out and said, oh, look, the kids are going off early. But I don't know. <laughs> uh, and if that, if that was to be and is the case, I'm very happy with that. You, you know the way I play the game. Yeah, I don't. But I, I don't. I'm not sure I understand it. I'm not even sure I agree with it, but I don't understand. I, I, I don't like the pick, Tim. I'm sorry. I'd rather have Bo Bichette than... Um, any day of the week than Corbin Carroll. What if I told you I've got Francisco Lindor on my team as my shortstop? Well, that's great. Uh, Francisco Lindor in a 15-team league is going pretty much at the wheel in the back, so that's 30 picks in. So if you got, you did eight and then come back. So, yeah, you probably got him around the 30th pick or so. Yeah, I think that's probably reasonable. Well, yeah, so I, I solved my, my shortstop woes in a different sort of fashion. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, I look. I have questions on all of the rookies. I just think it's a it's a risk reward thing. But I'm, I'm not as good a player as you. I'm just telling you how I would. Yeah, I would not take Corbin Carroll in the second middle of the second round in a twelve team mm-hmm. league. That's like taking him. That's you took him with the twelve. So yeah. eight to twelve. That's like the twenty third pick or something. Seventeenth. Seventeenth pick. Mm-hmm. Holy moly, Tim! Wow. Yeah, lots of lots of holies and molies in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good for you. Uh, uh, there's, there's a method to my madness. It'll be interesting to see if I can pull it off. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, you never play out those leagues. So that's no. uh, that's what I like about the, what we did. I mean, we're playing it out, so then we can look back and criticize our draft selections. So yeah, yeah. No, and, and again. Uh, you know, when you start looking at a dynasty format, players like Bryce Harper, it changes it changes things, doesn't it? Yeah, it does indeed. Um, yeah. and speaking of rookies, I did talk to somebody who felt like Jordan Walker would need more time, more grooming than most people believe, and mm-hmm. uh, is not aggressive in him even coming up this year. So I'll just throw that out there. Given his wow. age, he only turns 21, wow. uh, yep. that he's he's going to play the outfield because first and third are taken. Yep. Um, and that there's really no need to push up. And I said, what if he hits? And what if he just destroys? And he goes, yeah, he'll be up. But if he struggles at all, they're, they're mm-hmm. not going to be any rush to bring him up. And I thought that was interesting because I took him in our uh, <laughs> in our, yeah. I, in our Gladio. Oh, my God. Yeah, I wish I'd have known that before that. So that was just some guy who seen a lot, yeah. saw him a lot last year oh, and okay. um, thinks that I, I, the talent is yeah. off the chart, but just FYI. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I sort of, I sort of had him picked for midseason. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to stick with that one for now. Uh, he's going to be a great player. I, but again, the Cardinals got a good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I think they're going to give, I think they're going to give Dylan Carlson a good opportunity early on mm-hmm. to own that job. Yeah, I, I think and, you know, from, from talking with this guy, mm-hmm. I. And and I will tell you this: this is not. If I told you who it was, you'd go, "Oh." <laughs> so yeah. this is somebody who would be in the know of what was the what the Cardinals mm-hmm. were thinking, right. um, and 
midseason from my after talking with him, unless there's an injury or he blows the cover off the ball right. in April, was midseason mm-hmm. at the earliest. So uh, okay. Did you uh, see the exchange of uh, tweets with Alex Manoa? No. Oh, okay. It was sort of sort of interesting. Uh, somebody on the MLB Network uh, uh, basically said to said, you know, it's it's time, Alex, that you spent more time in the gym. Oh, really? Yes. Some of the MLB network, because those guys just kiss up to everybody. I'm shocked at that. Yeah. Well, and then uh, and then somebody got onto somebody got onto Twitter and basically said that this guy called him fat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the guy didn't call him fat. Okay. The, but uh, Mr. Manoa was Anthony Recker, and. Basically, Manoa, his comments were, uh, my job isn't to please you. You're an outsider. You don't know me or my work ethic. What I do in the gym is clearly work. Check the numbers. Sucks you can't say the same for yourself. Uh, and then he res- Manoa responded, well, you're just like everyone else. Love to talk. And then want to say sorry when you get called out. Apparently, Wrecker apologized. Uh for the, for the comment, uh, you shouldn't have apologized. I, well, it was taken out of context. He never said he was fat. He just, he's, mm-hmm. yeah, some Yankee world, uh, some some guy on Twitter said that he got called out for being fat, and he didn't. It was, it was I thought it wasn't a, it wasn't. It, it was a risky sort of tweet, knowing Alex Manoa. But you know, he said, "If you want to see how an all-star first team, all MLB, and Cy Young finalist trains, come meet me at Manoa Driven." Uh, so uh, Alex Manoa sort of took offense to it, and it's been exploding on Twitter. And, yeah. Uh, I, I, so yeah. I, so for to me, if you make comments like that, the record fellow makes comments like that, you should stand by it, right? If he feels like Manoa yeah. needs to get in better shape, he should say it. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to back it's... off of that, I think, is kind of weak. And I think I love what Alec Manoa said. I mean, and me being a body right. guy, Tim, it's great to be – how old is he? <laughs> Manoa? I, yeah. don't think he's, I don't think he's 25. Yeah, it's it's great to be 25. Wait until he's 30. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and then you start – and, hey, this is not to knock Lance Lynn because Lance Lynn has had a fine career. Mm-hmm. But then you start end up ending up having problems with your knees and yep. et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yeah, Manoa's twenty five. Yep. Yep. Just turned. Yep. So he yeah. Knows. He knows it. I mean everybody sure knows. everybody knows it, right? But look, hey, yeah. the results are there, you can't deny it. Well but, uh, yeah. Well, you know, when you throw 196 and two-thirds of 224 ERA, a whip under one, and almost a strikeout per inning with 16 wins, yeah, that's that's solid. I think people in the media, and then we'll take a break, and then we're going to start our content. I think if you're in the media, you have the right. It's free speech, and as yeah. long as you have data to back it up and 
and you know and kind of logic to back it up if you feel like a, a player is not doing it for whatever reason you should call that out part of the problem is the guys on the MLB network are so afraid that they're going to say something to offend it and then that player won't come on to do an interview and i just think that's crap i mean like if they don't want to come on to do an interview then don't don't come on to do an interview i mean the the Gosh. most player interviews are boring anyway i think people yeah. want to hear what what you've got to say about a player, right? I, I just, I think, I wish people would be more like that. What if we just went around and sucked up to every player, Timmy? I mean, that wouldn't be uh, any fun. Well, what it would mean, Rich, is we'd never have Alec Manoa on our show to discuss live <laughs> yeah. his thoughts on fitness uh, and training regimens, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, I mean, look, I, I'm sure he's of his excuse of facetiousness there, but yeah, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's a workout fiend. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But I mean, uh, it, yeah. all I, I mean, he's got all a big I'm, body. He's, he's got, got, he's got a huge upper body. Whoa. Yep, yep. So, yeah. and it's. But if, if if you or I or anybody mm. believes in the media that, and that's what we are, we're analysts mm. in the media, if you, you have an opinion and you can back it up and say, look, Lance Lynn could be an interesting cop, need to be careful. That's totally reasonable. It's only reasonable for Alec Manoa to say, hey, you know, I'm Alec Manoa driven, come and see me. I, I love that's great stuff, but don't back off of it. <laughs> you know, just yeah. say, okay, we'll see in, th- when you, in five years, see how things are. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, and let's and let's move on. Yeah, speaking yeah. of moving on, Timmy, let's move on because yeah. we got great content today. We are Ooh, doing we got fun stuff. We've got yeah. the final uh, division here. We're doing an AL West prospects, and uh, once we're done that, Timmy, we are done. The top one hundred is finished. Uh, we just need to do a podcast on that. Did a podcast on first year player drafts. Hopefully, you'll listen to that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all the prospect stuff is winding up. But, Tim, let's take a break, get back. I'm going to turn the reins over to you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I do have a music guest, the player, Tim. Okay, uh, that's, uh, that sounds like fun. I, I don't know when you want to do it. We've got an hour and a half of content. When do you want to do it? We do it now? We could let's do it do later. It the end. Let's do it at the break when, you know, the end of the first show. First, first show. Does that sound reasonable? Yep. I, I, I'll be impressed if you get this, but not surprised. <laughs> so, because you Ooh. are the great. And if you even don't get it or have no clue, I think you're going to be fascinated by what I'm going to tell you. Okay. So. Looking, looking forward <laughs> to it. Uh, Timmy, it's, I'm turning the reins over to you, my friend. It is all you. Okay, well, thank you very much, uh, Rich. Well, we have sort of a tale of two cities here. Uh, uh, two really good systems and three systems eh, not quite so good. We're going to do it alphabetically, so we will start with the Houston Astros. And right off, right at the top, we have Hunter Brown. Uh, how about innings pitched, strikeouts, and ERA? Innings pitched. I think we're going to see... Close to full time, one forty plus type thing. Um, so I, I yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of strikeouts. I think you'll see an, a strikeout an inning. So if he pitches 155 innings, one sixty, one seventy five, I think you'll probably see a f- low fours type of ERA and a little higher WHIP than you would like. Because I think he's still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I, it, all the ingredients are there, Timmy, to be not Justin Verlander, but to be a mid rotation starter. So, uh, I maybe, kinda, maybe a Christian Javier, <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, according to the what we talked about last last week, they all the uh at bats and streamers they all have them at a low four. So, uh, I, mm-hmm. I think Christian Javier is a little bit higher. Higher than that, I think Javier's a two. I think Brown's more of a high-end three. Okay, so basically if we're looking at 2025, uh, I'm assuming the ERA drops and everything else stays about the same, maybe a little bit more workload? I think he could be a like a, you know, a, a, I would say a 200-inning guy, but nobody's a 200. Well, that's hyperbole. Most people are 200-inning yeah. guys, but I think he'd be a 180 guy with close to 200 strikeouts, a 360, mm. 375. I think it's going to be very good, yeah. Okay. If you have him in the oh, Dynasty League, awesome. Timmy, I think it's money. So Yeah. Now, does he get hurt? I mean, look, there's a good, there's a good, right, it's a good possibility. Yeah. That's just, but that's the way it is with every all these guys. So, yeah, I was going to say, is there a single pitcher that doesn't or can't get hurt? No, it's, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Even the guys yeah. with the best deliveries. I mean, Dylan Bundy came up with some of the with one of the best deliveries, just clean mm-hmm. and simple. And he got hurt. I mean, it mm-hmm. was it was just disappointing. They all get hurt. That's what's that's what's maddening. Yes, at number two of the Houston organization, we have. <sighs> Pedro Leon, uh, there's no doubting the power and speed potential, but, and a very big but, uh, the approach is still very much a concern, isn't it? It's it's my concern. I know he was hurt at the end of this season, too, so, I mean, there's there's that as well. Yeah. I, I, Timmy, I think if he came up, he would, it would be fantastic. It would be exciting yeah. skills. I mean, I've seen him play. Have you seen him play? Yeah, no, I haven't. Okay, yeah, he was there the year before at the fall league. I mean, it's a dynamic, yeah. exciting player that just has a very passive approach, and I think it's going to it, it could limit him to fourth outfielder duties. But if he gets a tweak to that approach, and look, the the uh, Astros are good at this, Tim. So I would not put it past him. I have a, a ceiling as a top fifty outfielder with enormous upside. So yeah. I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues. I'm not moving him. 
uh, because right. I can't get the value, but the value that he, the outlier, well, that's not even right, the right word. The potential is, and I would yeah. be selling short on him. So I'd rather just hold him for the next year or two to see mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah, so, I think that's I think that's a smart approach. I don't know yeah. if I'd be trading for him, but you know, yeah. I don't think he'll play shortstop. I mean, I, I think that's that ship has sailed. Uh, yeah, so, that's gone. I agree. Yeah. So he's you know he's got to beat out Chas Chas McCormick, who's a pretty good defender. Uh, Pedro Leon's a great defender, so he should be able to cover that if he's healthy. And you know Chas McCormick is you know pacing out a ten home run clip with a two fifty two. I mean, you could see Leon have an opportunity at that job. Well, yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like Houston would suffer immensely. Uh, having Leon in that lineup, hitting in the eighth or ninth spot, right? Would, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I think that's a really good way to look at it. Um, and there's a huge yeah. investment. I mean, they paid four million dollars to sign him, so that mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that they want to see what he does this year. So. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. At number number three, we've got uh, we've got another outfielder in Jacob Melton. Mm-hmm. Uh, will the Astros be able to harness all the moving parts in Mister Melton's swing? What do you think? Look, the, yes, I think the again the Astros are good at this. He was their second round pick. I pushed them ahead of their first round pick, mm-hmm. uh, who I mentioned on our uh, a guy to potentially grab in a dynasty league supplemental draft. Uh, so I do like Jacob Melton. I mean, he's a there. As I talk about his swing needs some work. The Astros are good at this. I would bet the over that they help him solve this. So in a supplemental draft, Timmy would be a guy that I might target in the mid rounds, particularly the fact that he's a second round pick and a late second round pick by the Astros. I think they got a potential guy with some impact here. Okay. At number four, we have Corey Lee. Mm-hmm. And at number six, we have Yanir Diaz. Mm-hmm. And still sitting in Houston is, I believe, Martin Maldonado. Can we sort of look at Lee and Diaz at the same time here? I know you've got Lee currently ranked higher, but if you have a choice between those two, or your fantasy team, who are you going with? I know. Um, I, I know where you're going. I really struggled yeah. with this one, Timmy. I thought a lot about it. I mean, why I didn't uh-huh. put them side by side, I'm not exactly sure. Um, yeah. And at some at one point, I had Yanir Diaz higher than Corey Lee. Yeah. I think Corey Lee has gotten a bum rap. Okay. Um, I think he's going to be more of more have more offense than he's shown. He's the better defender for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Yanir Diaz is going to be a catcher for the Houston Astros. Now, does that mean that he moves to first base or designated hitter and can let his offensive game plan? Possibly. That's not going to happen in Houston. So he's got to get traded. So I just thought there was more hair on it for Yanir Diaz in terms of his path forward. He needs a trade, in my opinion. Uh, I would be shocked if Yanir Diaz is the starting catcher for the Houston Astros come World Series time or playoff time. I, I can't even imagine that. Well, um, it's a veteran. It's a veteran staff. Corey Lee is good enough to to handle that staff. So that's no, I, kind of where my head was. So yeah, if you're talking, yeah. you're talking twenty eight year old kids 
both of them are 28 years old. Who would I and, and they're fully grown and mature. Who would I rather have on a fantasy team? It's probably going to be on your Diaz. But how do how do I get playing time over the next couple three years? I think Corey Lee is going to yield you more value from a fantasy team. So that's kind of where I land it. If that makes okay. any level of sense. Well, it does, and I think the other thing that has to factor into this equation is we've seen Houston go with Martin Maldonado the past several years, and it's not because of his bad, is it? There's rumors that they're they're trying to sign Salvador Perez or somebody like that, trying to make a trade for guys like that. So, uh, so we'll see. That could spell doom for all of these guys. Yeah, I was going to say what we know today uh, – could change very very rapidly tomorrow couldn't it yeah so i mean it gets down to like upside and mm-hmm. paths and closest and they're both played in the major leagues and again ds played much better there's no question mm-hmm. i even i mentioned that but do yeah. you go by when they're both at the doorsteps do you go by all upside or you go with a different approach in this particular case i went with a different approach and uh, if yeah. you decide to take yan your diaz instead of Corey Lee, totally get it uh, mm-hmm. I know in my draft and hold, Diaz went many rounds before Corey Lee. Um, yeah. And I, I got it. I mean, I totally understand where people are coming. Mm-hmm. I think Corey Lee is better than this. Okay. No, fair enough. Like I said, and you, we've seen Houston go with Martin Maldonado, and it's not because of his bad. No. And Corey Lee is definitely, as you mentioned, the better defensive catcher. So in in Houston, that makes a difference, doesn't it? Even though Houston, yes, it does. Even though Houston won the World Series, Timmy, they limped through that World Series offensively. I mean, that they just could not score runs, if you recall. And I, I, I think Maldonado is just an out, right? So I, I think mm. they'd like to see somebody with more offense play there. Yeah, and you know, if 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 they did trade for a catcher. Uh, that would definitely strengthen their team in the short term, wouldn't it? In a big way, I think so. Um, yeah, and we'll see. We'll see what they do. But Yanir Diaz is. Not, I don't think he is appropriate for a uh, defensive catcher at the moment. So, oh, okay. At number five, we have Drew Gilbert in the outfield. Uh, we're getting. Where are we here? I, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in here, yes, right at the very, your intro, he's already received Jackie Bradley Jr. comps on the D. Mm-hmm. Has he received Jackie Bradley comps on the O? No, that people think he'll be better, but if you recall when Jackie Bradley Jr. was coming through mm-hmm. the Boston organization, he's, nobody yeah. thought he'd be that bad. In fact, he was, yeah. he was, he was oh, good. He was good in the beginning. Yes, and then he, he, was, yeah. he I don't know I don't know what happened to him he just the he, offensively he just fell off and he just could not make the necessary adjustments and became just a part-time player which was really disappointing so Hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus yeah i know i'm just pulling up his his numbers right now and 
Yeah, you go back to, you know, 2016. He had 26 homers and drove in 87 runs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, tossing almost double-digit stolen bases. Yeah, he he had a couple years where, you know, 17, 13, 21 homers, 17 stolen. Yeah, and then, oh, somewhere around 2020, it ended. Yeah, yeah, but the... uh, so the the approach was never there with Bradley and these younger mm-hmm. guys with their bat speed and you know they can you know have a bat approach bat two strike approach et cetera et cetera and get by with it they get a little older they get a little heavier Tim <laughs> the uh-huh. bat the bat speed slows down and all so does the walking speed Rich yeah so all that you know. kind of stuff you know so yeah. I mean, we talked about that in the beginning and that's why that's why conditioning is so vitally important. Um, and not to say that Jackie Bradley Jr. was, I mean, he was a, he was a great defender, so he was always in shape, but the bat speed slows down and then he got exposed and that, that's what I think happened. So. Okay. Uh, number seven, we have Colin Barber. Uh, he made some significant changes uh, to his swing and apparently it worked. Does he start 2023 at double A? What do you think? Rick? I believe so. Okay. Uh, here's here's my problem. If we can talk broadly about, mm-hmm. so so you're talking the world champion Houston Astros, right? They won the World Series, right? right? Mm-hmm. Darn fine team. They got to be the favorites going in. They've got lots of big contracts. Uh, yep. Very good players at the major league level. And we we talk. I mean, I talk. I mean, a lot about. Don't worry about uh, guys being blocked particularly in the lower minor leagues. When you get to the upper minor leagues, then you got potentially problems. The problem with not necessarily Pedro Leon, I think he gets a shot, but with Melton, with Corey Lee, Drew Gilbert, Yanir, all these guys, even even Colin Barber, uh-huh. they're all blocked, Tim, and <laughs> they need they need to be moved. Um, uh-huh. And I think Colin Barber has a chance maybe to be a number four outfielder in your fantasy team. He's not gonna. It's not gonna be for the Houston Astros. I, I can't even no. imagine that. So, no. Uh, He's gonna have to crawl over Drew Gilbert, Jacob Melton, Pedro Leon. All of those. He's gonna have to get better than all of those guys. I just. I don't yeah. see that. So. I, well, I it, it it sort of reminds me. You know, at number ten, you got Joe Perez, and one of my comments: it must really suck to be a third baseman in the Houston system. And we've been talking and, about Joe Perez for how many years, Tim? Well, yeah, and all of these other players are pretty much in the same boat, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, like, that's... Yeah, that... Pedro Leone is going to get a chance between Colin Barber, uh, over Colin Barber and Kennedy Corona. That's yep. just the way it is, right? And I they... love Kennedy Corona. I mean, that's a yeah. guy... Did he make my... Yeah, he's my biggest mover. I really yeah. like that guy, but it's it's unusual for me in a dynasty league to say, wow, I mean, avoid... A particular yeah. guy, even though there's a chance there, I, I just, I, I can't. I'm not smart enough to sort out which one of these guys is going to get moved, <laughs> which one of these guys is going to be 26 years old, still in AAA, waiting for his opportunity. I just don't yeah. know. Well, and again, if you look at the history, the you know Houston's history, mm-hmm. yeah, odds are good that we might not see Barber or Corona ever playing in Houston. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I'd, so I think you need to read about these guys. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to wait and read the trade deadline when they get moved 
then that's when you need to get interested in these guys. Up until that, Timmy, I I, 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 I actually think you're wasting your time, like rostering yeah. Kennedy Corona. Corona. I, I like the yeah. player a lot. Colin Barber, wow. you you pick it. Um, yeah. Well, so. you look at Corona last year: nineteen homers, twenty-eight stolen bases between low and high A. That's a pretty darn good year. But again, do you want to wait and to see how it sorts itself out, or do you want to look at another player where it already is sorted out? Or they just, yeah, exactly, yeah. And uh, I think that's the problem I have with the Houston. And I say that rarely about an organization. And it's the Josh Outman type of thing. Um, like it's a good player the yeah. with the Dodgers, and the Dodgers mm-hmm. are really, really good. I hope he gets a chance to play. He actually makes my top 100, Timmy, so you'll be proud awesome. of me there. Yeah, I am. Uh, that, that's well done. I like yeah, that. Yeah, so, but there's no guarantee, Tim. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they've got a really good team. They've got very good players. He's got a, yeah. and he's been crawling over everybody. And, yep. but you can get Josh Altman when he hits triple A and he was readily available and all of these guys kind of, profile kind of the way Josh Altman did a little bit of power a little bit of speed needs mm-hmm. to work on the approach and that's how I would play the Houston Astros system I would not be if I have a minor league team full of Houston Astros uh, uh, minor league players I'm probably made a mistake well yeah and that's one that's one of the ways that I I play the game is I look for players that break out at double a that might be a little bit older that might have opportunities Mm-hmm. And I like having I like having two three of those guys on my team. Yeah, you know, if uh, just because they haven't succeeded thus far doesn't mean that they can't down the road. The two guys I would probably be interested in rostering mm-hmm. besides Pedro Leon, which I I did, and obviously Hunter Brown is Jacob Melton and Drew Gilbert and Yanir mm-hmm. Diaz, obviously. Right. Uh, after that, I just think it's. It's a bit of a crapshoot, Tim, and I just mm. – I mean, Jace Correa's got the name. I mean, he's learning a new position. Is that somebody you want to roster? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you got you know, one of those leagues that Stu Gutter plays in when he's got, I think, 60 minor leaguers. Okay, yeah, yeah. roster 30 them man, all. 30-team <laughs> league, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Grab them all. But if you're in a league like us where you've got 25 or 20 minor league roster spots and 15, yeah. you, you can't have – you can't have these guys on there. Alex Santos has no. got a chance to – he's athletic. He's got size. He could yep. be somebody, but you can't roster him. So. No, the, the only thing I that I really notice when we get down to the year number 11, Alex Santos, is that after Hunter Brown, he's the next pitcher on this list. There's a big gap between pitchers. Is it fair to say that the system is a bit lean on pitching? Yeah, we've been saying that for how many years, though, Timmy? And then Christian yeah. Javier, Lewis, Garcia, and they all kind of come up and do stuff. So I, Luno did an, an amazing job at mining for these kind of uh, pitchers that nobody heard of. So I do, I, I kind of I wouldn't, kind of my lack of pitchers on the list is more of my approach of trying to make sure bats are more prevalent on my minor league rosters mm-hmm. than looking for those guys who have a chance to turn into uh, Equidia, right? Because right. uh, every organization is chock full of guys that can throw 96 miles an hour with a decent slider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yep. and it's like, I, I could put, 
I could fill a top 15 with all those kind of players and then try to predict yeah. who's going to be the guy who breaks out. I, I can't do that to me. I don't see him enough. And, yep. you know, it just depends. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and 45% <laughs> of them will be out of baseball in two to three years. 45% of them will be relief pitchers, and 10% might be four or five starters. We're going to get about right. Yes, as we get into like, there's a guy in the Seattle Mariners. I'll, I'll I'll tell you now, Bryce Miller. That after I wrote it up, yes. I had somebody call me or actually text me and said, "When's the last time you seen Bryce Miller?" And I said it was a couple of years ago, 2021. He said he's a completely different dude. You need to be higher on him. And so we'll hmm. talk about him. But so yes. unless I get somebody who says. Here's a guy that's that's increased volume. That's why I love the guardian pitchers, right? The guardian pitchers come yeah. in, they get these college kids who throw 93 miles an hour. They got good command, mm-hmm. and then two years later, they're throwing 98 miles an hour. They're Shane Bieber. That's uh, yeah. that that's what they do. Yeah. And I'm like, and they, oh, they do it very well. <laughs> I mean, go back to everybody. Go re-listen to our guardian kind of episode and the Tanner Beebe's of the world. All those guys, Gavin Williams, Gavin, they're all the same, right? They're all like they were decent college pitchers, you know, top yeah. five round guys, and also <laughs> the guardians get a hold of them. I don't know what they do, but yeah. oh my gosh, all of a sudden they turn into top of rotation guys, and it's yeah. like. But until the Astros or the somebody else figures that out, then you just have yeah. to kind of say, I, I don't know. I, I, I can put so many players up there, and then we're just simply talking about them and guessing. And that I don't think right. that helps anybody. So True enough. Down at number 15. Please. We, we have a familiar <laughs> name. One Forrest Whitley. So much can change in three very short years. Uh, Danny Holson might be a comp at this stage, Rich. Ooh, Danny Holson. I, I don't mean that in a mean mean way, but it, that might be what we're looking at, right? Drafted by the Seattle Mariners, third mm-hmm. overall, 2011. I'm going on memory here and just never yes. made it. Um, he outpitched Garrett Cole in the Fall Stars game, one of the first years <laughs> I was down there. Um, he, looked, he looked really good. He yeah, really injuries did. took us and their the tolls. And it's in the same thing is true with Forrest Whitley. To me, I, I, I have him in, in uh, Dynasty League, and I have no idea what to do with him. I mean, he's just taking up space at this juncture i would think this year is going to be the year that you make a decision on what to do at least i'm going to make a decision on what to do if otherwise i mean you're literally just taking up space tim and you got to move on at some point um well let's face it each and every year we have what 500 to a thousand new players entering the baseball system at some point in time yeah, you gotta you gotta make the tough decision on Forrest Whitley. It's as simple as that, right? I'm hearing that you know after Tommy John surgery and all the injuries he's had, the stuff is not what it was. So yeah, I mean, I, I have heard that, uh, but he's mm-hmm. still got size. The yeah. Astros are still working on. They got a huge investment in him. I mean, they're they're trying to make it happen. And again, they're good at this. So. Uh, yeah, he might not. I mean, if you tell me, Rich, he shouldn't even be on this list. I say, I, I yeah, I felt like I needed to put him just to just to yeah. say he's still out there. Um, right. But I, I might. I haven't read the what I wrote in a long time. But I probably yeah. said, you know, at some point you've got to you've got to uh, make a decision. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is this year, Tim. Yeah, you've summed it up very, very eloquently with your last 
Seven words. I'm not sure I have any answers. That's fair. Nobody does. The Astros don't have any answers. I mean, they just they just want to see the guy pitch. They want to see him pitch effectively. And my guess is if if I were to to get out my Ouija board or my magic eight ball, Mm -hmm. maybe in a couple of years, he's an effective middle reliever. Uh, He's somebody that can help the Astros or some other team. Look, if the Astros DFA him, somebody will pick him up, right? I mean, somebody will take a chance. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, big kid kid with a good arm, you know, and it's it's not an arm with a lot of mileage on it. It's an arm with a lot of injury on it, but it's not a have a lot of mileage on it. So Mm -hmm. I just don't know this. So to me, everybody, if you own Forrest Whitley, Rich will be making a decision by midseason on what to do with Forrest Whitley. At the yeah. moment, I'm hope I'm doing what everybody else is doing. I'm crossing my fingers and praying that it works out. Okay, before we move into a commercial break, are there any other comments you'd like to make about the Astros system? I think I summed it up, Timmy. I, 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 I again, I. I we could talk about each and every one of these players. I encourage everybody to go read it uh, and know the players. But speculating on the Astros is tough. Yeah, it's a better yeah, I, it's a better system than it has been though. There's some guys in there that can play. So yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, time for a commercial break, and we'll get back and talk about what is going to impress Shohei Otani and Mike Trout this year. The Angels. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Timmy, you're talking and the lead-in was absolutely perfect. You did it perfectly. Okay, the Magic Eight Ball still working just fine. <laughs> it was I great. Guess. It was great. It so we, ta- sure. we, we did the Astros. Uh, what are we on to? The oh, the, that's right. You were talking about uh, Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the future of the Angels, and we're going to start right it, up at the top. Just a, real quick, I saw some. This is so mean. Uh, so so Mike yeah, he made the playoff comment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike a picture of Mike a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. I think he's yeah. from childhood. So he was at the playoff game. <laughs> something like Mike Trout finally makes it to a playoff game or, or something. It was just horrible. But it was he's funny. A, he's, yeah. a, he's attended more Eagles playoff games than he has his own or something. Yeah, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. Uh, and it's it's true, all true. <laughs> so yeah. it's funny yeah. but uh tough. So Yeah, very, very tough. <laughs> Uh, at number one, we've got Logan O'Hoppy. Top 100 guy. Top 100 guy. Uh, let's uh, get your prognostications on at-bats, home runs, RBIs, and batting average. I think he plays a lot. I mean, I think he's going to be their starting catcher. So, what, 400? Is that what catchers Ooh, usually doggy. do? So, I hope so. That's a nice number. Uh, so, I, I think it'll... With 400 at bats, I think he's going to hit 15 to 20 home runs and probably post a 250, 260 batting error. I think he's going to be good. 
Steal a handful of bases? Steal a handful of bases. I put my money where my mouth is. I, I've drafted two leagues, and I've got them in both leagues. So mm-hmm. I think I got them in the Gladiator League. If not, I, I meant to. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, I, I just uh, I picked him up in round 14 in that uh, that money league that we're just wrapping up. So, yeah, I, I share your thoughts. I, I, I believe in Ohapi, and I believe he's going to get the – the lion's share of the at bats in Anaheim this year. It's a real, uh, it's just a, a a real go getter, a, a big makeup kit too. So uh, this is a guy that really wants it, works hard at it. So you can't always say that about players, but everything I've ever heard about Logan O'Hoppy, it's all pointing upwards. So uh, mm-hmm. okay, at number two, uh, we got a, a player that really fascinates me personally, he, and he Zach Needham. Yeah, 13th pick last June, and he basically started at double A. Uh, four homers, four stolen bases. Yeah, 382 OBP. Maybe I'm impressed. I am as well. I think he's a guy that uh, uh, North Carolina kid, uh, obviously, and uh, it's a kid that's always been able to, to hit. A little bit of home runs, pop, a little bit of speed. I think he has a chance to be a pretty good baseball player and could be an answer in middle infield somewhere. I've got, Tim, I got his ETA 2023. So it could even be this season that he comes up. He might be one of the first guys from the draft class that, that makes it to the major leagues. He's they're, they're pushing him really hard. I think he's a guy that should be drafted in the first or second round of a supplemental okay. draft. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's you know they've they've got Brandon Drury at second base and they got Luis Ringy for at uh, shortstop. So it's not like no, not like he's he's yeah they're not long term they're not long term uh, part of the long term plan in Los Angeles are they? Yeah, they've got more invested in Nita than they do Rahifo. So that's <laughs> for sure. I mean Drury, I think yeah. they paid a little bit of money to, but Drury can play yeah. all over the place. Uh, right. If he if he hits. He'll be fine. I think mm-hmm. Nito's knees athletic, pretty good shortstop. Obviously, can play uh, second, and you know they might need somebody at third base, depending on what uh, Rendon does. So, uh, right. I, I like the player. I really do. So, I think your uh-huh. interest in him to me is warranted. He is uh-huh. number eighty-five, eighty-two on my top one hundred. So, and it's Sweet. interesting. Not a lot of um, where did he get drafted? Did I write that in? What pick? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, 13th pick. So he popped over some guys that were picked ahead of him, in my opinion. So uh, Cool. Yeah, I can hardly wait to get that top 100. I need it for my XFL draft badly, Rich. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, uh, the names and faces on that list. And you will not, you no, will not see the faces, but you will see the names. Uh, uh, it was so much fun. It was hard, Tim. It was, this was, this was more difficult. Hmm. Who did, who, well, who, yeah. Who, who do you think? Because, I, who, who would you put one? You put Gunnar Henderson one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, probably Hen, Hen, Henderson and then Carroll. Who would you put but, third? Andrew Painter. Interesting. Ooh, doggies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, but we, I, it's got to be a pitcher, and you, you, you know my thoughts about proximity to. 
to getting there and he's done everything. Yeah, hey, you can say Yuri. There's a lot of pitchers out there that are very, very good. Arms. Jordan Walker, Anthony Volpe, Marcelo yeah, Meyer. Yeah. You got Yuri yeah. Perez, as you mentioned, Francisco Alvarez, all those guys. Yeah. You got Painter in front of them all. Ooh, doggies, Tim, 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 Tim. I'm hey, I'm I'm he's I'm brushing I'm brushing on. up on my painting. How's that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, I will tell you who my first first pick is. I, I might come out on Sunday, Timmy. So it's uh, it's it's coming out. It's, it's all done. Literally, I just have I just have to post it. So the whole I'm not looking at it anymore. I've moved people around enough. I'm done. So yeah. it is what it is. So. Yes, I can fully understand where you're coming from there. Because the longer you look at it. The more you start to question, and then you start making frivolous moves, and yaddy, 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 yaddy. I think everything is defendable. I think yeah. it's all defendable, but, I mean, there's some things I just don't know. I, I mean, I can't wait to get to Texas, and we could yeah. talk about Kuma Rocker all day long. I have no idea. Like, what do you do yeah. with that guy? A nut, zero yeah. clue. So, Yeah, exactly. Uh Getting back to the Angels at number three, we have a player that really intrigues me. Uh, Kai Bush, 6'6", 230 pounds. He's a big kid. Posted nice numbers uh, at double A last year. 367 ERA, 118 whip, caper inning. He's pretty close to arriving, isn't he? Yes, he is. I really don't have much more to add, Timmy. I totally agree with you. So, huh. I mean, he intrigues me as well. He's a... Oops. I played the break yeah, I played the – my finger hit the breaking news uh, no. <laughs> sound bit. So it's like, no. what the heck is happening? Uh, I totally agree with you. And he's left-handed. So this is yeah. a guy that continues to get better. Unfortunately, the Angels don't have, don't have a strong history at developing guys, Tim. So, uh, you know, I'm a little worried about that. But of all – I mean, Sam Bachman's obviously got the bigger name, the bigger pedigree, but I like Kai Bush more. Yeah, and I think it makes sense when you look at number four, which is Sam Bachman. Four starts in 2021, 12 starts last year. That's not good, is it? No, uh, I think he's a bull. I think he's a. I think he's a closer or you know high leverage reliever type guy. That's me. Uh, he has been injured. My understanding is you know they're not. Th- they're things that they think he can work through. He's not a big guy. I think he's a reliever, Tim. So. Okay, that's going to shatter a dream or two. But well, fa- fastball and slider are phenomenal. It doesn't have a third pitch, and the delivery is extremely violent. Those guys, and at, at six foot, six foot one, those guys wind up in the bullpen. I mean, if if you're playing fantasy, here's here it is. If you're a dynasty yeah. league baller like we are, and uh-huh. you're trying to figure out, you you don't live with these players, you don't work for a team, you don't have all the inside information. You listen yeah. to me drone on about stuff, and then you just go on the odds, and you can't you can't play the game based on outliers. You can't go well. No. Gee, I think a guy who's smallish, who's got a violent delivery and no and no third pitch, can uh, become a top of the rotation starter. That's a, that would, he would be an outlier if he fixed all of those things, and then try to convince yourself that the Angels can do that. Throw him in Miami, yeah, I have a little bit different opinion about it. But the Angels, no, no. Well, yeah, and you end up in your minors with ten of those players, and none of them hit. Yep. Besides Reed Detmers, yeah. Name another. I guess Sandoval. I guess he was a pitcher they developed. 
But Shohei Otani. Well, yeah, that's not fair. So uh, I mean, there's just they just don't develop pitchers, Tim. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, at number five, we've got Kyron Paris, a shortstop. Uh, they could have a nice middle infield with Paris and Nito in a couple of years, couldn't they? Uh, yeah, he needs some really work on stop stopping chasing pitches. It's a it's a yeah. swing that gets out of control pretty quickly. So yeah, he's also very young though, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like he doesn't have the time to make those changes. Yep. Again, being the optimist that I am. Mm-hmm. Okay, at number six, we have Jeremiah Jackson. Uh, is it fair to say that 2023 will be a key year in determining his potential for success? Will be a what? A key year. A key year. Yes, in, in determining his potential for success. I, I think so. I mean, it's it's – look, he's he was a guy that people were surprised. I know I was when – he came to the major uh, – he, he got uh, drafted and hit all those home runs. People thought he'd be more of a light-hitting middle infielder, uh, and then it turned out he had this huge power. And it's because he was selling out for power. He was stepping in the bucket. He was just swinging at everything, and he'd get a hold of one, and it'd go 500 feet. Well, over time, he's tried to work on a swing, cut down on the strikeouts, and the power kind of disappeared to him so now he's kind of in no man's land he hit 215 he's not with a 404 slug so he's trying to yeah. transition out of just a a pull only guy that that's got power probably doesn't have a major league career to kind of a more complete player and the question is can he make that transition and i, I we don't know yet so yeah okay fair enough at number seven we've got edgar edgar quarrel mm-hmm. uh the as a 19-year-old catcher, he had a pretty fine 2022, didn't he? He had a really good season. I think he was my biggest mover here. It's uh, he's mm. not void of speed either. Again, yeah, there's a I lot of that. very interesting catchers coming up, and he's yet another one of them. So he, I think he has a chance to be one of the bigger movers in this system. Okay. At number eight, we got a blast from the past year. I can remember, and it doesn't seem like it was all that long ago, that we were talking about an Angels outfield consisting of Mike Trout, Joe Adele, and Jordan Adams. He was your number four prospect last year. He's down to number eight. 2022 wasn't a good year, was it? Uh, don't forget Brandon Marsh, too. I mean, it's, yeah. they, so they had the, the trifecta of Adele, Brandon Marsh, mm-hmm. and uh, Jordan Adams in. Mm. There's I a mean, lot of hype behind Adams. A lot of hype. Yeah, I mean, at, look, the guy's a great athlete. I mean, he's got 80 great speed. You don't see that very often, but he struck out 38% of the time. Uh, he did improve that. Uh, it was 20, I think it was 30, I'm going by memory, in 2021. Reduce it to 22% and then gets a double A and it goes right back up. So it's, uh, he just can't make enough contact. Him. It's, a, it's a real problem. So. Okay, time. Uh, would you be selling on Adams right now? I don't think you can. I don't think anybody okay. wants him. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> so, so it's funny a, how fast how fast things change, eh? Yeah, in you, our world. You could be a seller as long as there there's a buyer. <laughs> My guess is that buyer is on the waiver wire. I think I have him in one dynasty league. I grabbed yeah. him off the waiver wire. He is not. He's not a top. 200 prospect anymore he's just he's just a bet that's sitting out there kind of one of these freakish athlete who can got crazy bat speed he can really run and he can't hit 
So, Lewis Brinson, anybody? Just this, yeah. Just Lewis mm-hmm. Brinson is is my cheese ball. That guy right. that I fell in love with, and mm-hmm. I should have known better. And that's what I I put up there to, and I mention him all the time, everybody, because you 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 got to make sure you don't have a a staff full of uh, a roster full of Lewis Brinson type. It's okay to have yeah. Jordan Adams on there, but you got to have some guys that can hit on yeah. your roster. Otherwise, you become the Miami Marlins. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want that. Nope. Nope. At number nine, we've got Denzer Guzman. Uh, the Angels signed him for $2 million back in January of 2021. And the verdict is? I think he might be worth their uh, investment. It's an interesting guy. I mean, it's. Uh, I have him as a middle infielder, a little bit of speed, a little bit of power, feel to hit. From a fantasy standpoint, though, it's probably more of a 10-10 guy. So, kind of low risk, but he's not going to be a star. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, number 10, you've got uh, Brett Carey. Uh, Stackhouse likes him a lot, and he isn't that far away from making his big lead debut, is he? I mean, he's got a high spin rate to me. That's that's right. what, when Stackhouse likes him. Just, everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Yeah, yeah, in fact, I had him on a couple of dynasty leagues for a while. Thought he might have been up last season. I think we see him right. this year. Could be as a reliever. He's got a good arm, though, right? And uh, mm-hmm. he's not that tall, so we got to be careful with that. I, I've since dropped him off of my dynasty league because I, I don't think he's good enough to own as a top, like, well, maybe as a top 300, 400 prospect because that's how many we, we roster. But I think there's other options out there. So, Okay, fair enough. At number 11, uh, we have Nelson Rada, your emerging prospect. He was the Angels' top international signee last year, and I got a bit of a problem with Nelson Rada, Rich. I went to five different sites before giving up, and I couldn't find a date of birth. Is he so young as to not have a birth certificate yet? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't find his DOB. I think young, but well, so he's 16 years old in the DSL last summer. So he's probably 17. Okay. Sent in the tool summary. He struck out as it. So I, I found it somehow, but I I get the data feed, uh, all the data feeds. So it came over on that. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just couldn't find much about him at all. Yeah. Except he's young. There's actually an MLB and an MILB official data fee that you can subscribe to. It's actually kind of expensive, but uh, uh, okay. I, I do that, and so I've got everything. And then for a while, I had all the Babbitt stuff, all that, all those things. I had my yeah. own dashboard, but then I just let that go and started using fan graphs because it was easier. <laughs> it was easier. <laughs> easier and cheaper, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... Okay, but, uh, this is, this but is Nelson Rod is an interesting yeah. guy, right? If he's my right. emerging prospect, so. Okay, this is where I hit the brakes in the Angels. Okay, uh, uh, after after Nelson Rod, I don't know if there's anything there you want to mention, but I'm pretty well done with the Angels system, uh, Richard. You know, uh, Adrian Placentia is interesting. I just like saying his last name. It's a town in Bel- or area in Belize I've actually been to so <laughs> but I look struck out 30% of the time he's got right. tools of Vera's an interesting guy a lot of people thought he'd be somebody he's mm. a big international signee yeah I, there, there's it's a light system with a couple of guys at the top of the list who are really good um, right. and what's unfortunate is 
obviously when you go back to Mike Trout and now Shohei Otani, do they have enough to ever get Mike Trout a World Series? And I think the answer is no, Tim. That's sad, isn't it? Because uh, Mike Trout, these guys in this list should be helping Mike Trout win a World Series in two or three mm-hmm. years when Mike Trout is what, 32-33? Not going to get yeah, it. 33-34, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to get it done. So it's going to be the next crop. And then all of a sudden Mike Trout might win a World Series as the – yeah, guy off the bench, which is kind of sad. <laughs> yes, and he is traded in an Albert Pujols type of you know, or signed as a free. He won't be signed as a free agent. It has to be a trade. But yeah, it's at some point in time, it's it's just sad. It really is. I I said it at the time. I'll say it again. I think that Anthony Rendon trade the signing was a mis- huge mistake. They needed some pitching at that point. They did not need Anthony Rendon, and yeah. it turned. It's it's going to be. It was the wrong move, um, and that was the year that a lot of guys were being signed, and they signed him for huge money. And yeah, uh, it was it was big money long term, and he has not delivered since he's been on the coach. He's been hurt. Yeah, well, and you know he's an older player, and that stuff happens, Tim. I would have, yeah. I would have done a Max Scherzer or somebody like that to try to spend the money pay. on Garrett Cole, even. Yeah, exactly. Somebody like that to try to bring in a championship because it's it's not going to. Ha- I I can't imagine that it's going to happen in Mike Trout's uh, baseball, like prime baseball life. Again, it might happen when he's thirty-five years old, but it just doesn't look good, Tim. Well, no, you again. You take Otani out of that rotation, and you're left with Tyler Anderson, Patrick Sandoval, Jose Suarez, and Reed Detmers. That's not no. inspiring, is it? Reed Detmers, nice pitch. All those guys are threes yeah. besides Otani, yeah. but the Angels have going to have so much competition. It sounds like from all the articles I'm reading, mm-hmm. people are going going to go in massively on Otani. Yeah, and the Dodgers and the Mets apparently, and you're throwing probably some other teams. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. They lose Otani. It's almost like they're starting over again. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, there's only <clears throat> there's only a handful of teams that I can see being in on the Otani sweepstakes. And hey, you could be talking half a billion dollars. Yep, and I heard. I think I read that uh, the they decided not to sell the team, which I guess helps get maybe they'll you know, they'll spend a little bit more money now. But I, I don't know. So, well, yeah, but Brandon Drury is not going to bring him to the no. promised land. No, Brandon Drury is a guy that it, it's right. exactly what the Padres did. It's a guy that you bring in at the trade deadline. It's having a really good year. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can make some magic and continue it on. It's not a guy that you build around. Uh, this is this is a you know. Trey Turner's that guy. You bring in Trey Turner mm-hmm. to be a centerpiece. You don't bring in Brandon Drury. And I don't know, Tim. Yeah, you know, you take a look at their their active lineup, okay, as it's currently penciled in. Did you realize that Shoei Otani is the third youngest player on that team? Wow. Yeah, and let's just, let's just go back and look. I mean, Zach Nito mm-hmm. could help. That's a really nice player. It's not a right. star, though. There's no Jackson mm-hmm. Churio sitting there. There's no LED like Cruz that you can go, wow, 
Look at the, yeah. bring up this guy. You know, somebody. There's no Andrew Painter or Harrison right. in San Francisco. There's no arm that everybody's saying is going to be a number two type arm. You know what I mean? You, you, and you need you need a couple players like that, and they just they just. I mean, I like Logan Ohapi, but he's a complimentary piece. Zach Nito's a compliment. There's no like true star sitting in this organization. Joe Adele had a chance to be that star, but just yep. didn't develop. I mean, he is just. So far behind from a baseball standpoint, uh, probably we should have known that, uh, you know, as, as we find out he was new somewhat to baseball, an athlete that was trying to learn baseball, and it just has come slow to him. So could he still be the star that we thought he could be? Yeah, there's a chance, but it's not probable anymore. So, Well, Mickey Moniak's in the same situation. Yeah, yeah he's, it's not yeah. going to happen. He's, yeah, he never developed. Yeah, so. again same sort of scenario well but but joe adele was way more athletic than mickey monick mickey monick was taken number one overall but by even when he was drafted by the phillies number one most people thought that was a mistake so um i don't know the phillies don't know what they're doing sometimes in the draft yes and with that uh time to take a break and come back and look at the oakland athletics we should even i don't even know Oakland's traded for so many people, Tim. You might have to bring that up, too. Yeah. Hold on. Sorry to cut you off, Timmy. I'd already started the music. <laughs> it sounded like you are about ready to, 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 to wail into something, so... Uh... No, I no, not really. We're talking about both the Oakland system. I'm, no wailing here. Okay, let me... Because uh, they made... They made a trade after I did this list, and uh, no, no doubt they probably made a couple. Yeah, for, they brought in some players that made their system even. Yeah, so, uh, that, oh, that you was the up, pick up the Yankees trade. That was a Ka Mueller trade. That was Estier Ruiz trade. So yeah, so those guys are clearly should be on the list. It makes that system a lot more interesting than the guys that are on it now. So right. Well, moving forward with the Oakland Athletics, we got Tyler Soderstrom at number one. Uh, the big question isn't about the power; it's about what position are we going to see him displaying it at? First right? base. First base. First base. It is. I think that's. I think the him sticking at catcher is. Uh, I think the ship has sailed. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, nothing wrong with having a strong corner infielder at all, is there? No, I, I think he's good. I think we might even see him this year. He's uh, a very good player, Tim. Did well, strike and, out, struck out a little bit too much, but there's plus yeah. power. I think he could be, you know, one of these 30 home run guys that sits at first base who hits 260. It's a really good player. Right, and with Shea Langeliers at catcher, the Oakland A's are short up there for the uh, short and long term, hopefully, right? Yes, at number two, if you were going with the guys that were traded, really is Esther Ruiz. So let's talk about him, shall we? Sure. He made my top 100 list, Timmy. I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. I think from a fan... Don't fantasy, be sorry. You had, you had reasons for it. <laughs> I, I Yes. I, I know people think he's a tweener. He very well could be. Uh, I totally yes. get it. He might wind up being a fourth outfielder. But this is a 70-grade runner who showed more pop, showed an ability to hit, Nobody seems to want him. He got traded all over the place last over the winter, and I, I, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but 
I think from a he, fantasy standpoint, he's got the right opportunity in Oakland. He does. You, you, you need to take a flyer on this guy. Yeah, he could be Christian Pache. I totally understand that. But he, it, this is the year to take the flyer on him. He's cheap. Yeah, and we'll we'll find out we'll find out by the All Star break if he's quad A mm-hmm. or a major league player. That is correct. Yeah, it's it's not going to be a long wait to get this one sorted out, yeah. is it? Yeah, so I'm playing Tim McLeod in this. I I just feel that's the right move. And does that mean he's one of my sleepers? Yeah, I think he's one of my sleepers that could fail. But if I get him as my third or fourth outfielder, I'm taking that risk any day of the week. Well, again, Oakland, Pittsburgh. You're talking about you're talking about opportunities to play. Mm-hmm. That counts. Yeah. And they, they trade, I mean, he, he was the, uh, was it the Matt Olson? Who'd they just recently trade to Atlanta for Mueller? Oh, uh, who was it, Tim? Oh, no, no, it was, it was, uh, it was the catcher. It was, uh, what's his face, right? They moved to Oakland. Uh, Sean uh, uh, My- Murphy. Mm, that's correct, yes. So they did that three-way deal with the Brewers, and uh, they grabbed, uh, they grab both the Mueller and Mueller, who should be on this list as well, and Esther Ruiz. So, yeah, uh, at number two, which I guess is now number three, is Zach uh, Geloff. Uh They they sure moved uh, Geloff in a hurry to Double A, didn't they? They did, and they might be pushing him a little bit too hard. I think Geloff has okay. a chance to be an interesting guy. Top 15 third base, and I think he gets a chance to play this year, Tim. It's a guy in a draft and hold league that okay. he's going to have the opportunity, I think, right? There's no more Chapman yeah. there. Yeah, I was going to say all of these top-level minor leaguers should have an opportunity this year at some point in time. That is correct. Yes. Uh, uh, By the way, three, not far from a star, but yeah. kind, of, kind of a Matt Chapman without the uh, without the defense. You know, yeah, Matt Chapman he, was not a star, but you know, he's a good player. Yeah, in standard redraft leagues, I won't be I won't be drafting Zach Love, but at the same point in time, odds are good he makes a waiver wire article. I think he will. Yeah, totally agree. Next up, we have Max Muncie, the other Max Muncie. Uh, enjoyed a rather solid year, split between low and high A last year, didn't he? Uh, he, he did. I guess, yeah, he went nearly 20-20. Yeah, I guess he did. Uh, he can't hit. That's his problem. He doesn't make great contact. He's all tooled up. So he is the polar opposite of the other Max Muncy, who is kind of a lumbering guy out there with big power and very, very uh, keen eye. Max Muncy is not that player. Much more twitchy, much more athletic. A guy who could have a much higher upside than the other Max Muncy. But we'll see. He's got a hit, Tim. Yes. Uh, number four, Jordan Diaz. Uh, that power starting to develop. It's interesting because roster resource already has him listed at first base. At first base? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 What do you think? Is that is that putting the cart before the horse? Uh, who else... What, what is your question on uh, should he not be the starting first baseman? Should Noda be the starting first baseman? I thought. Uh, no, I, I, I was just getting at it. He's still listed at 
second base which is, I believe, his natural position. It's his natural position. I, I would have thought they would have put it's, Jesus Aguilar at first base. Mm-hmm. I thought Noda got pushed to a bench spot because of that. So right. I would I would have thought, so they Jordan, they got Jordan Diaz at first. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I think that's, I'm not sure that's, I would play more at second base, but. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, would, I just found it curious that they've already made the move that you suggested they possibly could be making, right? That's all I was looking at. All right, at. so let me make sure I understand. So Jordan Diaz, according to roster resources, starting at first base. Is that what they have? Yes. Okay. He's listed uh, in their minors as a first base prospect. Okay. Uh, all right, great. Um, look, let's talk okay. about the player. Uh, makes good yeah. contact, very aggressive approach with some power. I think he has a chance to be a major leaguer, Tim. So um, at first base, at second base, great. Whatever, you know, whatever, wherever he comes up, I think he's a guy that should be grabbed this year in deeper drafts. Okay. Had some fun with the next name on the list at number five. How much wood could a Waldachuk miss if a Waldachuk could miss wood? I don't know. That's a great question, Timmy. I don't know. I don't know. Do you like, like I, I saw Waldachuk pitch I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to how to where to go with that Tim it's a cute yeah. little is that a limerick or a... yeah it's a play on the woodchuck old, the old woodchuck saying yeah but, but again where does where does he potentially fit in with Oakland he's going to oh, get opportunities I, correct he's their number one starter isn't he <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I saw him pitch a ton and and yeah, with the Yankees, right. and I know the player well. Um, I, I I like him. I've always liked uh, Ken Waldichuk. I think he's kind of a number four guy. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he's a number two, three on the Oakland Athletics. He probably gets a bump because of their ballpark from a fantasy standpoint. It's a good fastball. Right. Uh, it's a it's a very nice slurvy type of pitch, I believe. Um, Statcast has it as a slider. I think, think it's more of a, a curveball. Doesn't have a change up. Pitches from the left side. Yeah, it's it's good stuff, Timmy. So it's a good pitcher. You're picking him up in redraft leagues. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look. Okay. He's going to win six games, but you know, it's. I think you know your. <laughs> You're parameters. an optimist. You optimist. You. <laughs> I I think he could uh, pitch 160 innings with 150 to 170 strikeouts. A 350 to 425 ERA somewhere in that range and win six to eight games. Thanks to, I mean, that's to me the guy that we're looking at. And I, so I think he'll be pretty good. I mean, is that a start by no stretch? So at number six, uh, the A's went out and grabbed themselves a catcher with their first pick last year. I'm assuming that helps uh, sort of seal Soderstrom's fate. Well, I don't know if he'll stay a catcher. He's awful big kid. So at six foot four, Guys typically don't stay at catcher, but you know he's okay. good. He's good defensively. Some swing and miss in his game. Big power. I have as a top twenty catcher. So I mean they do have Langleers at uh, at catching. So my guess is he's the guy over the next you know four to six years, depending on uh, when they decide to trade him. Mm-hmm. Okay. At number seven, we have Henry Bolt. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Uh, let me talk, Susac. Okay. I, I, I know he was a first round draft pick, probably relatively early first round draft pick because it, mm-hmm. A's weren't very good. I'm not sure I'd be running to pick him up. He's not one of the guys I think is going to be 
a big time catching prospect coming up. Okay. Thanks for the FYI. At uh, number seven, we have Henry Bolt, and I'm going to I'm going to quote the great Rich Wilson here. Mm. For Dynasty League owners who love to dream of having the next Tatis Jr. on their team, here you go. Just know the risk. There you go. It's got tons of tools. Not sure he'll ever hit. I like having a guy or two on my list, on my roster, Timmy, that look like Henry Bolt. <laughs> to see what he can do. I mean, if, if you know, by... July, he's got he's in low A and he's got a thirty eight percent strikeout rate. Well, time to move on. <laughs> so it's time to. What you're saying is it's time to not bolt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, yeah. the the Athletics, that's a weird organization. When's the last time they developed a star? I guess Olson's a star. Yeah, but I mean, like like a quick twitch kind of. Like uh, for you know, just like a like a middle of the diamond kind of guy, center fielder, shortstop kind of player, and I, it's been a while, right? So it's just not something they do all that well. <laughs> Amongst a whole bunch of things, uh, but again, the money they're, they're, will be there. They're once the, they get to Vegas. They're the uh, Tampa Bay Rays without the Tampa Bay Rays front office and smarts. <laughs> I mean, look. Uh, uh, Billy Bean gets a movie uh, done about him and with some of the original early kind of thought processes and how to use analytics. But so many teams have passed him uh, yes. by and it's it's you know, they, they need a revamping of what they're doing over there because it, quite frankly, the proof's in the pudding, Tim. Yeah. I mean, once they haven't competed in a, in a while. Yeah, being at the forefront of change just means that at some point in time, if you're not constantly updating that, you fall back into the mid. Hey, everybody! Everybody follows the trend, right? It doesn't matter what that trend is. Whoever whoever finds something in our game that is successful, there will be a lot of people jumping on that bandwagon and quickly. And if you don't, uh, if if you don't constantly look. To the future and the changes, how it relates to the game. You, you know, what was revolutionary one year is very passe five years later, right? Look, they traded a lot of talent, Timmy. Maddles mm. and uh, Chapman, oh, yeah, um, Sean Murphy. These are these are really good players. Mm-hmm. means that Ken Waldichuk, Kyle Mueller, Esther Ruiz, um, and some of the other, uh, Luis Medina, they've got to perform right because these are the mm-hmm. guys that they got traded for otherwise i think you got to look, start to do some soul searching out in oakland going well what are we doing i mean we traded yeah. our best players in for guys that we thought could be them if not better otherwise why are you doing the trade um, well yeah at some point in time it calls into question the ability to analyze players in a trade scenario doesn't it that is correct um, yes and I will say, and I should have started this off, the Oakland Athletics is one of the few organizations I don't know a lot about. I don't have a lot of insight. I do know Luis Medina and Ken Waldichuk because they were with the, the Yankees, so I saw them a lot. But I don't have any contacts in the A's organization uh, as I do in some others. So I'm a l- running a little light here. So there could be... Yeah, you know, somebody within the A's must might really like Henry Bolton could provide some color that I might not be able to glean by talking with right. other people. I just don't have it. 
So. Right. And at number eight, we've got one of the guys you just mentioned, Luis Medina. How do you walk 62 batters in 92 and a two-thirds innings? When, once he got to Oakland, he walked 22 and 20 and two-thirds with the A's. Like, how do you do that? That's Well, if you actually yeah. ever see him pitch, you would know it, the, the delivery is. It, it doesn't take a professional scout to just look at the delivery and go, oh, my Lord, I mean, that's not going to work. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> it's very uh, violent, and it's he doesn't repeat his delivery, and he's, it's just a lot of effort. Yeah. And there's all kinds of issues, but, man, the arm is electric to me. It's, it's like you see him pitch like three or four bullpen uh, throws. Yeah. The guy, I want him. He's my he, – that's the guy I want. And then you realize he has no idea where the ball is going. So mm-hmm. Sort of like Major League. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the whatever that guy was. Yeah, exactly. Wild thing. You may, you yeah, wild thing. Yep. thing. Yeah, wild thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on at number nine, Denzel Clark. I like uh, him. That's one guy I like. He's a big. He's a big dude, isn't he? He made it to the Futures game. I saw him on the Futures game. There's a, you know, physically reminds me of Eloy Jimenez. I, look, he strikes out too much. His huge power there. But the, you can say that there's so many guys in the A's organization that are like Denzel Clark, like huge raw power. Don't know if they're going to hit or not, and that's just what it is. So. Okay, no, fair enough. Uh, at number 10, we've got Lawrence Butler. Definitely worth monitoring? I think so, yeah, yeah. So uh, he might be up in the next couple of years already in high A. So another guy to keep an eye on. I write that, I think, in the notes. Okay, moving down to the bottom of the system, we've got Gunnar Ho- Hoagland. Got great, such a great name. J.T. Jin. Again, uh, and Ryan, Ryan Kusick, right? All those yeah. guys were acquired as part of these trades. So, yes, and, and the, two-thirds of that group has some serious experience with Tommy John, don't they? So if you go back, I don't remember which, which one it was. We talked about it at the time. Uh, they, I think it was the deal with the Yankees. I don't know how they got Gunnar Hogland. I don't know who. They, anyway, they got somebody from the Mets and J, JT again and Gunnar Hogland from the Blue that Jays. could have been part of the Chapman, the Chapman thing. Could have been, yeah. And it was like they got high end talent, but they were all hurt with Tommy John surgery coming in. So Hoglin again could be something to me, as is Kusick. But I saw Kusick at the Fall League. I didn't like what I saw. I mean, it's big no. fastball, but I mean he couldn't throw for strikes. Hoglin has got a great arm. He needs to get healthy, and and Gen yeah. is also. Interesting. Doesn't have the the overpowering stuff, but across the bar, across the board, pretty good stuff. But those are three guys that could jump up to be top five guys this time next year for sure. Okay, moving on. Uh, we have your emerging prospect is Carlos Pacheco. Uh, he's getting a mulligan for that one eighty three batting average in fifty two games in the DSL uh, last year, Rich. Yeah, they spent a lot of money on him, so uh, let's let's give him a pass. I know Pedro Pineda, who was number 14, also should be somewhat given a pass, but you know, these are all uh, guys that athletic tooled up and uh, yeah. have a lot of promise. So, yeah, would you look at uh, would you look at Pacheco in a dynasty league? I think so. Again, I I say in our leagues, we have 25 minor league players, right. 15 teams. I like three, two to three, maybe four if I'm 
really being aggressive. Of young Latin players have a lot of promise, and I hold on to them for a year to two years and see what happens. And most of the time, I just churn them for the next guy. And so I think right. both Pineda and Carlos Pacheco are two of those guys. Okay. Do you have anything else you'd like to add on the Oakland A's I like to, I'd like to do a, I like to do a commentary on Pacheco and Pineda. Let me do okay. that. Let's take our final break. We'll do that. I'll add, do my uh, guess the uh, musician, and then right. then we'll break because I think it's important to know kind of what things are going on in the international ranks. Sounds good. Righty. So, as teased, Tim, mm-hmm. so part of the problem when Major League Baseball contracted the minor leagues a couple years ago, and they got rid of the short season ball, Right. what happens is you draft these international kids when they're 16 years old, so they're babies. Right. They start in the DSL, they're playing in close to Sandlock, Sand, Sandlot, uh, kind of uh, fields, not very good fields. Guys can't pitch over there. Uh, then they come stateside and they get thrown into the complex league with guys who are a little bit older than they are. Many right. of them struggle, but then they would move to short season ball and that's where they would really hone their skills and the major okay. league teams would get a chance to really work with them. The and coaching's there. The, coach, the coaching would be there they they would spend the first half of the season back at their complex and then the second half of the the uh the season in the short season ball and really the complex league was there targeted at all the new draftees coming in that's what would fill that roster right so that's how it would work so the international guys would would sit in short season ball now they're all there's no room for them at the complex league because you got all these 25 or 25 rounds coming. Is it 25 rounds or whatever it is? They need to come into the complex league. So they're all these international kids at 18 years old are getting pushed to low A where they're just getting destroyed, right? I mean, they can't handle the pitching. They don't have that intermediate. The, the they don't have a time. They don't have time to develop. Yeah. And guys like Pineda, guys like Lewis Rodriguez that we talked to, these kids from the 2019 international class, uh, Maximo Acosta we're going to talk about with the Rangers, they're all yeah. just not developing. And part of it is they have no place to develop. And it's becoming a real problem. The pitchers are even worse, Timmy. You get yeah. these guys that are 17 years old who are wild, uh, that you got to give them, you, yeah. you got to give them game experience. You you can't put a guy in low A who can't find the the plate, right? I mean, that's you know, that's not a confidence builder. No, it sounds, it sounds like this is just another reason to add to my huge list for disliking Rob Manfred. Another well thought through change, right? Yeah, it's it's become a problem. I, I I'm not sure. There were some people that brought this up. Uh, when they decided to contract. I'm not sure many people really fully understood what it is, but we've now seen it for two years, and it's definitely a problem. And you look to that 2019 class where there was a lot of guys that were taking with a two, $3 million price tag, and they just, I mean, they're hitting 210 or they're, 
you know, they got a 70 or A and they're in low A and it's like they're going back to low. You know, they're just, they're just yeah. overwhelmed. It's tough. It's a very that's, tough that, situation. That's a great observation, Rich. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very so well that is, that is our show. Timmy, let's do the guest, the player. And okay. I, th- I think we're going to break it and maybe we'll do, cause it's 1030 already. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's do the other two on Sunday. If you wouldn't mind, we'll do, uh, because we've just got third base to do, right, on Sunday? Okay. So we'll do, uh, yeah, third base. We'll, yep. do, we'll do a recording of third base. We'll do that, and then we'll do the two systems, and then call it a call it a week. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, that, that works perfectly fine for me, Rich, yeah. It gives us a few moments to do something fun here. Okay, I, I like fun. You know that. All right. So I don't know if you were a big fan of this artist, but obviously he's one of the most famous musicians ever. Uh, and that is Stevie Wonder. Yes. Uh, early 70s, 70s uh, kind of, you know, just... S- songs in the key of life. Yes. Yes. So, um, it, but one of his biggest tunes were was Superstitious, right? Yes. I'm assuming you've heard the song. Yeah, I certainly have. And I've heard very, I've heard numerous versions of it. It's just a great song. Dun, 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 dun. So at the beginning of the song, though, mm-hmm. there's a drum beat, Tim. It's a cl- okay. kind of a famous drum beat. It starts like that. And then Stevie Wonder starts in with the keys going with a little guitar overdub mm-hmm. in it as well. And the song starts to groove. And I encourage right. everybody to go listen to the beginning of that song because it is it's kind of a one of the classic songs in terms of how it starts off. Yes, what, I agree. What famous musician, Tim, came up with that drum beat that let off that song? Ah. Uh, Ringo Starr. Okay. Great guess. It's not right. This is a very difficult one. Now I'm going to try to help you out a little bit. Okay. I don't know if because you know being this. Being a former drummer, I... I should have. I should have a. a I should be a, have an edge on this. No, I no, think. you're. You gotta twist your head a little bit. Who was back in the early days of of Stevie Wonder? Who was his collaborator? Do you know who who he who played on a lot of his albums? Mm, no, I I know he did a lot of work. Uh, at one point in time, him and Paul McCartney were buddies, but that sort of ended with a thud. But no, I. Jeff Beck was played on all those Beck. early albums, right? And a lot of people don't know that. Jeff Beck's like an amazing guitar player. He does Je- an amazing job of superstition. He does, right? And there's an, on that album, there's a bunch of stuff that he played on. So he was the big collaborator on, on uh, what is it? Uh, what is Superstition? What's the name of that album? Looking Back or something like that? Or I can't remember the name of the album. Anyway, so he, he played on all those stuff. So does that give you right. any kind of hint? knowing that he collaborated with Jeff Beck. Well, when I think Jeff Beck, you know, I I think of uh, uh, a piece, but I I have a hunch and I should have I should have got this a little bit earlier, but I have a hunch that the drum section on that song was played by Stevie Wonder himself. It was actually played by Jeff Beck. It was played by Jeff Beck. Ah, okay. ah, so apparently the way the story, I heard the story just this this week. I was watching a YouTube yeah. channel. The guy was a recording engineer, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and basic or actually a session musician yeah. and basically said that Stevie Wonder had this idea of the song and Jeff Beck was on the drum kit, one of the greatest guitar players ever, and yeah. starts playing this uh this this you know this kind of rhythmic uh, drum beat and Stevie Wonder says that's it and came up with the melody and the uh, and the famous riff that we all know from Superstitious based on Jeff Beck who's not a drummer at all basically no. playing that drum beat. Well, wasn't that song written by Stevie Wonder and? something got screwed up. It got released by his record company instead of Jeff Beck's or something. There's, there's something involved there. I don't know. I have there. no clue on that. I, I yeah. know. It was yeah. not brought up. All, all I know is uh, I, Jeff Beck did an amazing job on Superstition. Yeah. He really yeah. did. It was, you know, going back to his earliest years with Ben Montench and, you know, that, that group in the early 70s, uh, amazing job on superstition yeah it's 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 a cool story it's a cool story so i i heard it um so one of the uh, superstitious the uh talking book was the name of the album that superstitious was on so i watch a bunch of youtube channels trying to find the guy um oh name escapes me at the moment it's not rick beato it's uh oh there's another used to be a session player uh Oh crap! Yeah, Stevie Wonder wrote that song for Jeff Beck. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name of the crud. I thought I, I just just watch it. It's a um. Oh, this is really annoying me, Tim. I can't find the uh, guy's channel that I was. All right, I will bring that back to everybody on on Sunday. Yeah. He's um. He's a famous session musician, played with Rick Springfield, was a guitar player on Rick Springfield stuff, and basically became a uh, a session musician after that. And is, everybody knows who he is, and I just can't uh-huh. remember the guy's name at the moment. Crap. Oh, wow. Huh. I, just, I just got the, yeah, I just got the story uh, off of uh, Wikipedia. And yeah, he came up with the drum beat, but... Uh, he, after they finished the song, Beck always wanted to work with Stevie Wonder. Wonder decided he would allow Beck to record it as part of the the, the agreement. And Beck was set to release a version of the song first with his new newly found power trio, Beck Bogart in a piece. However, the trio's debut album got delayed. Gordon predicted Superstition would be a huge hit. And increased the sales of talking books, uh, so it ended up on that album and released before Beck had the opportunity. Wow, lost opportunity for uh, Jeff Beck, obviously. Tim Pierce was the guy I was thinking of. Tim, you ever heard uh, of Tim okay. Pierce? No. Amazing guitar player, one of the like premier session musicians, played on everybody's records, yeah. and he was basically okay. telling the story. That's cool. I did not realize yeah. all of that. I, did, I, did, I should have checked the Wikipedia entry before I brought up the story. But uh, yeah, I knew there's something there. But it was interesting when I was watching the uh, video with Tim Pierce last mm-hmm. night. He was basically so so as a guitar player. Um, Jeff Beck is extremely difficult to play because he played with his fingers and he had yes. his hand on the 
on the tremolo bar, the whammy bar, the entire time uh, he played, right? That was his yes. signature. But yep. most guitars, you couldn't do what he was doing because the his whammy bar was built differently, right? So you actually had to get a a Jeff Beck like type guitar with the whammy bar built into it to get those same mm. kind of sounds. But when you did, you could actually kind of get the sound that Jeff Beck produced. But mm. the way that Tim Pierce kind of went through it, he said, like he said, he was inspired by Hendrix and Clapton. And he said, you, you become inspired by those guys and you can take their work and kind of mm. make it your own with yeah. Jeff Beck. You couldn't because you were just Jeff Beck because it was such a unique sound. Yeah. People would go, oh, you sound just, you're playing Jeff Beck, you know, and it's like there was nothing that you could get. Because that was kind of the genius behind him. He was so unique in how he played that, Mm -hmm. you know, that he was, you could copy him, but everybody would know you were copying him. So (laughs) Yeah, there was very little you could add to what he did to make it your own. That's right. It, it wasn't your own. And one of my favorite Jeff Beck songs is "Because uh, We've Ended as Lovers." Oh yeah, off the Blow by Blow. That, that is such the Blow an by amazing... Blow is a great album. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that "Because We've Ended as Lovers" is it is just an amazing song. The guitar work in that is just off. It's just beautiful. It really yeah, is. He's it, an amazing, it's... just an amazing. He was an amazing artist. It was funny the. Um... Rolling Stones uh, publication when he died said some line that though he never had he was always like a legendary guitar player even though he didn't have any big hits and Joe Bonamassa retweeted and he said you need to sit this one out like you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) because he played on so many hits right it's like it wasn't a singer so he obviously didn't have songs but I mean it's like what a stupid thing for Rolling Stones magazine to have well, so. yeah, just because you haven't had a top 40, per se, single, that doesn't mean you haven't been involved with some classic songs. <laughs> yeah, well, Superstitious was. I mean, he was played on a lot of very popular songs. You go going back down, and... Going down his, origi- his, his version of it with, uh, with the Jeff Beck band, you know, I, I think it's his second or third album with that group. Going, he does an amazing job of going he, down. He had, uh, top, he had a number one hit, uh, played the guitar solo with uh, a Bon Jovi song. Mm. Uh, I think Bon Jovi, uh, when he did his solo album i can't remember what the name of it is but it's definitely a guitar solo there tim pierce on his video said that and i don't know if you knew this that beck was supposed like so the way the story goes everybody so so clapton was clapton was in the yardbirds and yardbirds was one of these classic british um bands and Mm -hmm. clapton had enough wanted out uh so he recommended jeff beck I think i got the story mm-hmm. right so jeff beck con, kind of comes in and plays but jimmy yep. so no he he recommended jimmy page i'm sorry yes. jimmy page didn't want to do it because jimmy page was making so much money as a session musician he didn't mm-hmm. want to go and and work in a band so he kind of then got jeff beck to take his place beck kind of comes in also they start to get a little success and jimmy page goes well, wait a minute, I went in this band because you guys are making money and I, I, I changed yeah. my mind. So then they hired Jimmy Page, Timmy, Tim, not as a guitar player, but as the bass player. So, 
so you have Jeff Beck, who apparently was easily annoyed. That's that's what we're finding out uh, through his tributes and so forth. And apparently Jimmy Page would overplay the bass. He would play it like a like a Les Paul, like a lead guitarist. And apparently Jeff Beck got annoyed with that and just said, look, why don't you just play the guitar with me? And then he started to overwhelm Jeff Beck's playing because he liked to overplay, and then Jeff yeah. Beck got pissed off and left. So that's the way, <laughs> that's the story that, as Tim Pierce tells it. So uh, Okay, cool. No, uh, again, uh, he was one of a kind, and a very good one of a kind. Here's my last, last Jeff Beck story. So apparently then after the Yardbirds... Yeah. The Rolling Stones needed a guitar player, and he yes. was supposed to be the the Rolling Stones guitar player, but mm-hmm. apparently at the last minute decided, or somebody decided this is not going to work, which probably wouldn't have worked. But can no. you imagine, like Keith Richards on one guitar player, on one guitar, and Jeff Beck on the other? With that would have been crazy. Uh, it wouldn't have worked because of the style, I think. And yeah, where Jeff Beck was heading, another guitarist. Uh, that was mentioned and I don't I think he might have gotten addition I'm not 100% sure but I know the Stones inquired of Rory Gallagher oh, around yeah. that same period of time and there's another situation that wouldn't have worked <laughs> Michael Shanker as well apparently mm-hmm. he, he uh, auditioned yeah. and I think was offered the job or something and I think at the last minute they said well maybe this won't work either and then they got Ron <laughs> Wood which I guess probably worked <laughs> yeah yeah that's that was a much better fit than the three guitars we mentioned. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes the, even the better musicians, it's not the right fit for what you're trying to do. So, same as yeah. the true with the you know teams and stuff. It's all the same mm. kind of stuff. You know, the whole story just told about Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page, yeah. where they were clearly clashing musically. And one of them finally said, look, I've had enough of this shit and leaves, right? And that yeah. happens. You can't do that in, when you had a contract with a baseball or a football or a basketball team. But, you know, that, that happens all the time, particularly in basketball, where there's one ball and five, you know, five people yeah. want it all. And, you know, that, yeah. that can cause lots of conflict. Yeah, basket is basketball. It's a team game, but the team is much smaller. That's right. With baseball, you know, it's it's because everybody comes up the bat uh, individually. It's almost like a one-on-one type of thing uh, with other complementary players guarding against trying to get the guy, to get the guy out. But you're not competing with other players on the team for points, if you will, for that game. Yeah, no, there's, you know, hey, there's eight position plus plus a DH, and they're all going to hit, right? They're all going to hit basically equal amounts unless, obviously, the guy's closer to the lineup. But in basketball, if I got a ball hog, he doesn't pass (laughs) up the ball. I mean, you don't get a chance to play. I mean, you're just running around. You're not doing anything. Yeah, and sometimes the unselfish player doesn't get the accolades he deserves. Yeah, that's for sure. Timmy, that's a wrap, my friend. Good stuff. Uh, So hopefully we provided some entertainment for people at the end here. And we've done the three systems. I'll ask, as I always ask at the end of each uh, session, any, not very good systems, but anything, anybody pique your interest? Well, you know, uh, always looking for pitching. So in the Oakland system, yeah, I 
yeah, definitely Waldachuk is is somebody who has my attention. Um, the more uh, I look at the Angels system, the more I, I like that Kai Bush at six six, mm-hmm. you know, big arm, just about ready. Zach Nito, uh, mm-hmm. I love. There's not much you can say. Logan O'Hoppy, I've got him on several teams. Uh, you know, it's yeah, he's he's the real deal. And when you get to when you get to Houston. Uh, I'm still holding out hope for Pedro Leone. Like, I really want to see this kid get a chance. I, I really do. And Hunter Brown, I I think uh, he might not be what Christian Vest, uh, Christian Javier is, but he's going to be real close. I like Hunter Brown a lot, both for this year and moving forward. So, uh, again, they're, they're leaner systems. Uh, when you ask this question about the next two systems, uh, I'm going to have a lot more that, that has my attention. So we will finish this up on Sunday, everybody. So yeah. I'll, I'll post this probably tomorrow. Fri- Tomorrow's Friday, right? So everybody will get this on Friday. And then uh, we'll be back recording on Sunday with third base. We'll, we'll finish up with probably a 45-minute podcast on uh, the – Rangers and uh, Mariners. Yep. Then we'll be all caught up, Timmy. Yeah. Then we've got one more system, I believe. We have to ask our our questions of, mm-hmm. and and then we will have the outfield starting pitching, relief pitching, and then we just sit back and wait until June and analyze the first half of the season, right, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we'll have fun. Uh, it's going to be a lot of yeah. content. We'll talk draft strategies, all kinds of stuff. That we'll be All doing through uh, February and March. Tim, it is a wrap, my friend. I'm off to uh, Gallivant up in Wilmington, the big city, Tim. That's where we're uh, off to this afternoon. Okay, and I'm off to probably taking a nap. <laughs> there you go. Timmy, be well. <laughs> be safe, be well. <laughs>